a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking news is right. There are so many things that have come across my desk in quite literally the past 15 minutes. I want to run through a number of them before we dive into today's program. A lot of ground to cover. An announcement from the governor, an interesting announcement from the John Huntsman Jr. campaign. We'll get to that in just a moment. Also, some demands have been made known by the folks, uh, the leaders of Black Lives Matter, as well as the ACLU Uh, And later on in the program, I'm going to have a conversation with Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall. She wrote an open letter, and it has been published in the Deseret News, and you can find it on my Facebook page. If you'd be so kind, log on there, Lee Lonsberry, click your and clack your way to my Facebook page, the one dedicated to this program, Live Mike. And the most recent posting I have up there is this letter from Erin Mendenhall. Later on in the program, we'll walk through that letter, share with you some of the some of the points that she makes, and then we'll be honored to speak with the mayor herself as she is leading Utah's capital city uh, in the best way she knows how through uh, this era of coronavirus and now uh, the era of protest through the streets of Salt Lake City. But uh, kicking things off, I mentioned protests. About 15 minutes ago, a tweet came out from Dr. Angela Dunn, you know, state epidemiologist. She has been for the past number of months now delivering periodic situational updates. And the most recent batch of data is, number one, that she does not recommend that the governor move to the green risk level. And we have learned via announcement from the governor's office that he has essentially taken that advice. And today, June 5th, we will later on today get an updated proclamation extending the yellow risk level throughout most of the state. Salt Lake City will remain at orange Uh, But much of the rest of the state, uh, with almost no exception, will remain at yellow. And things will be reevaluated a week from today. Anyway, the tweet from Dr. Angela Dunn. And this comes from her personal Twitter handle. So don't take this as, uh, you know, the, the, the official guidance from the state or anything like that. But it is useful information nonetheless. And it is this. It has to do with protesting. Dr. Angela Dunn says in the tweet, plan to protest here are tips to be safe and reduce the risk of spreading COVID-19. Number one, very practically, wear a face covering. Number two, one you don't see too often in the photographs of the protesters and the demonstrators moving throughout uh, Salt Lake City streets and even elsewhere, it is to wear eye protection. That's the recommendation from Dr. Angela Dunn if you plan to protest. Wear eye protection. This next one was something I was very curious about as Debbie Dejanovic and I broadcasted uh, the first night of protests and demonstrations here in Salt Lake City. And the advice from Dr. Dunn is stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Why is that important? Well, heat injury is a real thing. 
And the nature of protests, at least the way they have been taking place here in the city of Salt Lake, is there's a lot of walking involved. I touched base with some of our TV colleagues, and they told me that on Monday night, it ended up being about five miles walked by protesters. And in turn, the reporters following along and sharing the details of the demonstration. So stay hydrated. Saturday night, it was 95 degrees and humid, too. A little bit of rain came through, increased that humidity. So if you're out there protesting, uh, stay hydrated. Uh, she continues, use, hi use hand sanitizer. Use hand sanitizer. Well, that makes sense. We've been hearing that advice for a while. Next up is don't yell. Use signs or noisemakers instead. Don't yell. Now, why? Why do, you, why do you think she's advised us not to yell should we find ourselves in uh, and among the protesters or if we might be a protester ourselves? Don't yell. It's because, and this goes back to a, a study we've seen, if you're yelling, shouting, or singing even, you are all the more likely to send some of your uh, breath or spittle out into the world. And some of us may be infected with the coronavirus in an asymptomatic situation. Contagious. And we don't even know we have it. So uh, don't yell. That's in an effort not to spread uh, any of your... What's the, what's the, like, the comfortable way to phrase, like, spittle? I don't, I don't feel comfortable using that phrase. If you remember, we had a conversation about a 100-year-old news article that was printed in a newspaper here in Salt Lake City during the time of the Spanish flu, and it was giving similar advice... Similar advice uh, to what we are hearing today. And uh, if I remember correctly, the way that they phrased it then was uh, globules, globules of moisture. Oh, producer Amy tells me droplets. Okay, right, droplets. So don't yell so as to uh, not spread your droplets. I'll uh, quickly move through the rest of this uh, advice tweeted out by Dr. Angela Dunn. She says stick to small groups, uh, keep six feet from other groups, and stay home if ill. There is a, a real threat that the gatherings that have come about due to these protests will lead to uh, the spread of this coronavirus. And really only time will tell. If we uh, follow the, the guidance that we've heard uh, recently, if you participated in Saturday's events here in Salt Lake City and you did in fact come in contact with the coronavirus and contracted the coronavirus, you're probably about today uh, and yesterday uh, going to start experiencing some symptoms. So take stock of your, of your own uh, self and also heed this advice from Dr. Dunn. The next piece of uh, news which came across my desk just moments ago comes from the campaign of John Huntsman Jr. I'll read you from the public statement. It says this, late Thursday night, last night, June 4th, senior staff of the Huntsman campaign were informed that a campaign staff member had tested positive for COVID-19. Campaign leadership took immediate action to obtain direction from public health experts, close the campaign headquarters to be cleaned according to CDC guidelines, and alert those who may have been exposed. The infected staff member was instructed to work from home once campaign leadership learned a test had been administered. Quote, the health of each member of our team and the public is our primary concern. This comes from uh, candidate John Huntsman. He continues, we also work, are working diligently to reach out to anyone who may have been in contact with the staff member during the time that the staffer was potentially contagious. We will follow the instructions of health experts and not put politics and campaign concerns ahead 
of health and safety. So that's uh, an interesting little tidbit out of the race for governor. Senior staff member from the Huntsman campaign has tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, I have uh, gone on for a while now, and I wanted to talk to you uh, in the lead up to our next segment about something going on and playing out right now, uh, right at this very moment in Washington, D.C. Just the other day, we heard it announced that there would be approximately 200 members of the Utah Army National Guard deployed to Washington, D.C. to help with various duties, cleaning uh, some of the graffiti which had been spray-painted onto buildings and memorials, as well as uh, keep an eye on some law enforcement needs. Well, you know, you move a group that big, they need somewhere to stay. And they were in a hotel downtown Salt Lake or downtown Washington DC a Marriott and they later came to be informed that after some communication between Washington DC Mayor Bowser's office Muriel Bowser and the hotel in which these National Guard members were staying that the bill wouldn't be paid by the city and that those Utah National Guard troops would have to relocate from their hotel Late last night, Utah Senator Mike Lee made it known that he was upset with that. It was inexcusable. He said, quote, I just heard the D.C.'s Mayor Muriel Bowser is kicking the Utah National Guard out of all D.C. hotels. More than 1,200 troops from 10 states are being evicted. This is unacceptable. These brave men and women have risked their lives protecting Washington, pulling three consecutive all-night shifts after they were being mobilized, rioting, looting, Arson and vandalism have all disappeared because these soldiers are willing to serve. And now they're being kicked to the curb by an ungrateful mayor. This must be stopped. That was Mike Lee last night on Facebook. That story has developed significantly. Senator Mike Lee will be my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We've been talking about this story regarding Utah National Guard troops who 200 of them have been deployed to Washington DC to aid in the goings on surrounding the protests and demonstrations there many of them have been involved in cleanup efforts uh, and other things you know helping the city re return to some semblance of normalcy there have been some questions regarding where they would stay and that's an underestimation or an under an understatement. Uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee last night uh, put out a Facebook message talking about something he had learned. The mayor of D.C. had kicked out uh, to hear, to, as he phrased it, has kicked out the Utah National Guard out of all D.C. hotels. For an update on that, uh, we've invited the senator to join us, and he is on the line now. Senator Lee, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thank you very much, Lee. T t tell me. The, the absolute latest. What do you know about this story right now? Where are these troops? Well, they've been on the ground now for about four days. They were deployed just a few days ago with only 10 hours of advance notice that they were being deployed. 
They volunteered to do this. They put their lives on hold, willing to serve their country, because our nation's capital was under siege by some people who wanted to engage in violent acts. And so they agreed to go and protect the city. And then after doing three or four consecutive all-night duty assignments, in the middle of the night last night, they were informed that the hotel where they had been staying, the hotel where I visited them uh, uh, along with Mitt Romney just day before yesterday, would be kicking them out. So as of right now, they're kicked out of that hotel. In just a few hours, they have to go back on duty for yet another all-night duty session because apparently they can't stay in a hotel in the District of Columbia because of an order from the mayor. So r- right now is sleep time. They should, be, they should be recharging their batteries, and they don't have a place to stay. Where, where are they exactly, exactly right, right now, do you know? Okay, so the latest I've heard is that they had to check out of their hotel a few hours ago after being up all night, and they were being taken to the D.C. Armory, which is at uh, D.C. National Guard facility sure. here in Washington. And I'm told that uh, at some point, perhaps after they finish their next all-night duty assignment tonight, they'll be able to check into another hotel across the river in Virginia. This is all great, but they were set up perfectly fine and well where they were, just a few blocks from where they've been assigned to protect Washington, D.C. makes no sense to me that they should be kicked out. Look, if, if Mayor Bowser in Washington has a problem with President Trump or with decisions that he's made in this regard, she really should take it up with him. But she doesn't need to take it out on our National Guard troops. These are professionals. They're not complaining. Uh, They're willing to do their job. But I I just think this was a slap in the face, and it was certainly poor form by the mayor of a city who's been the beneficiary of their excellent service. Last night when you tweeted what you had learned about the actions of Mayor Bowser in her office, uh, she has now four hours ago replied to that tweet saying, Senator, until they're recalled home, which I have formally requested from the president, your troops are in D.C. hotels. However, D.C. residents cannot pay their hotel bills. The Army can clear that up with the hotel today, and we are willing to help. How do you interpret that? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what to think about that. In the first place, if they already had a contract, remember, they they came here, as I understand it, on a request from the D.C. National Guard. And so they had some sort of fund set aside to pay for this. It wasn't until the mayor's office got involved and decided to end that contract, thereby kicking them out of this hotel, that it became necessary for them to find other accommodations. And so, uh, look, there's no reason why she couldn't have figured out a way to cover this until uh, the Army or whoever else could step in and take hold of the contract. Instead, they were informed in the middle of the night, while they were serving an all-night shift, that they'd be moved out. It's just silly. Yeah. Explain to us exactly who you know has authority to do what. Washington, D.C. is an interesting place. It is not set up and governed exactly the way uh, the states of the United States are, are governed. And uh, who has jurisdiction to do what in this case? Well, ultimately, Congress is in charge of the District of Columbia. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, the so-called Enclave Clause, uh, gives Congress exclusive legislative jurisdiction over our nation's capital and the land set aside for it. Uh, Congress, uh, over the last couple of centuries, has gradually delegated out power, uh, delegated power to a mayor and a city council of Washington, D.C. 
ultimately we retain authority to undo, unmake any law that they've passed, but it's ultimately our authority and they answer to us. Now, let me ask you this. There have been some uh, some reports of this story, some details uh, or ways of explaining it that include reference to the Third Amendment to the Constitution. Now, I did some clicking and clacking and harken back to what I learned back in uh, civics class in high school, and I don't exactly find the connection. Will you explain to me the Third Amendment and why it does or doesn't yeah. apply here? Yeah, look, the, the Third Amendment applies to the quartering of troops without the uh, the consent of the owner. In this circumstance, there was no problem with the consent of the owner, which in this case was the uh, uh, Marriott Marquis in downtown Washington, D.C. So the, the Third Amendment is utterly inapplicable here. It has nothing to do with this. Uh, <clears throat> the owner of the hotel was willing to have them there. The problem here was uh, that in the middle of this deployment, the mayor of D.C. decided to end their contract and therefore move them out. That's not a Third Amendment issue. Right. What, uh, what are you keeping your eyes on now? What's your office working on on this front? Well, I want to make sure that they're treated well. I want to make sure that they do, in fact, um, uh, get put into uh, accommodations uh, that can handle them and make them comfortable. And I, I'm also working with the White House. I got off the phone just a little while ago with the White House Chief of Staff, with the National Security Advisor, and with the president's uh, uh, legal counsel. And uh, they're looking into what exactly happened here and trying to track down whether she even had authority to do this and whether federal funds were being used to begin with. From your position as a U.S. senator, would you pursue uh, consequences for the mayor if she had somehow violated her office or the authorities afforded her? I'm not sure what the remedy is here. Yeah, um, I, I, I've got to learn more of the facts before we figure out what happens from it. But more than anything, Lee, I, I just I'd like an explanation from Mayor Bowser, and I'd like an apology from Mayor Bowser to our troops. Remember, these are these are 200 uh, highly trained specialists. These are professionals, and they're people who left their lives, their families, their homes here in Utah with only a few hours' notice just the other day because they were told their country needed them. And uh, if, if Mayor Bowser doesn't like what the president did, she really ought to take that up with him. And they shouldn't have to bear the burden of her disagreement with President Trump. Amen. Senator Mike Lee, thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention on this matter. How long is it expected that these National Guard troops will be deployed to D.C.? You know, we think it will be a few more days at least. Um, it could be longer than that, but... Um, we're still waiting to hear. I think some of that is going to depend on the violence and on uh, whether and to what extent any demonstrations that take place uh, are, are peaceful or if they turn more violent. If it's the latter, I, I suspect it could be longer. To your knowledge, are they engaged mostly in cleanup efforts or are, are Utah troops, Utah National Guard members engaged in law enforcement as well? Uh, they're there to maintain law and order and to provide uh, uh, protection for certain targeted areas, including Lafayette Park mm. and the White House. Uh, I, I don't know that it, I don't think it's appropriate to call it a law enforcement role sure. so much as it is uh, they're there to provide um, support uh, so that the security perimeters can be maintained. All right. We'll leave it at that. Senator Mike Lee, my guest on Live Mike, thanks again for your time, sir. 
Thank you, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, we're going to look at the announcement handed down by Governor Gary Herbert today. He did it through a press release, which struck me as interesting. I want to share with you the announcement he made, the announcement that most of Utah will remain yellow. That's ahead on Live Mike. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 1.50 is the KSL News Time. Right now, we are continuing to follow so many stories that are developing today, including one that touches on the activity of 200 members of the Utah Army National Guard. They, plus 1,000 others, have descended on Washington, D.C. A call was put out, and 200 Utahns responded. And a few days ago, got on an airplane, flew out to Washington, D.C., and commenced defending that city from all those who would seek to desecrate it or vandalize it or commit violence in our streets. 200. They were staying the night at the Marriott Marquis, a beautiful hotel downtown Washington, D.C. Great views nearby Lafayette Park where most of their activities were centered. Yesterday, A call was received by the Marriott Marquis by staff members of the office of the mayor of Washington, D.C., saying that, hey, you know what, Uh, we're not going to pay this bill, so maybe you kick them out. And those 200 members of the Utah Army National Guard learned that they would need to relocate. Now, what the heck's that about? Most of their work has been taking place in the overnight. So they're sleeping during the day and going to work overnight from about 10 o'clock at night until the early morning, cleaning, keeping the park safe and other areas in Washington, D.C. safe, monuments, historic monuments at that. And that upset Mike Lee. He took to Twitter and Facebook and made his upset known. In fact, late last night he was on Fox News, had a number of words to share, anger directed at the mayor of Washington, D.C., saying that if she has a problem with the president's decisions that she should take it up with him and not make these 200 members of the Utah Army National Guard pay the price. It's all been very interesting. It continues to develop. Where these National Guard troops are right now is is uncertain. There was some speculation that they might be uh, transported over to the Washington, D.C. Armory, where they could find rest on cots. I've been to this armory before, spent a lot of time there myself, and uh, it's not a place where you really want to take a nap. Now, these are robust and specially trained individuals, so I'm not saying that they couldn't find uh, some shut-eye there, but uh, they had been expecting to stay in a place like the one where they had been resting their heads for the past few days, and all of a sudden the rug was pulled out from under them. I heard from KSL television reporter Garna Mejia this morning, and she let me know that she had uh, a pretty long conversation with Major Brent Mangum of the Utah National Guard, who is in Washington, D.C., with these 200 troops. She shared with me some excerpts from that conversation, which will air uh, at greater length later this evening on KSL television, so be sure to check that out, the Garna Mejia report. She first asked of Major Mangum, uh, how's it been going? Dealing with protesters, it it hasn't been bad. For the most part, the majority of them are, are are peaceful. Some are loud and angry, and that's understandable. But um, we haven't had any any significant confrontations. She then asked, "What are you doing out there?" The governor. Uh, it was an executive order that that brought us out here, 
and it's because our unit is is very prepared and, and ready to go do that kind of stuff and it's we are in a supporting role for civil uh, authorities out here meaning that uh, our priority is preservation of life protecting life um, protecting property and critical infrastructure and, and really trying to help um, bring back some order because the, the demonstrations as you've seen on the national tv some of them have been violent and destructive mortar the major then talked about the schedule it is in flux but honestly we're we're a unit that uh we're used to this kind of stuff i mean that's the army and, and our guys are in really good spirits actually and then he talked about the eviction from the hotel last night explaining what happened obviously i'm not going to enter into the politics and i'm not 100 percent sure but we were just told that we would be moving and we have moved and we're um, looking to find other accommodations. But uh, again, we're, you know, soldiers are used to, you know, you, you, uh, you get a, a change to the mission and you adapt and you make do. That's a heartbreaking reality. They shouldn't have to deal with that. You know, as Senator Lee said, and uh, the major here has repeated, these are robust and resilient and dynamic uh, individuals who put on the uniform and serve here in the Utah Army National Guard, and so they can handle whatever's thrown at them. But they shouldn't have to in this case. It was preventable. Anyway, the con conversation continued between the Major and Garna Mejia. She asked, how did it feel to remove graffiti and protect the nation's capital in the way they have? We had, you know, flown out, uh, got maybe a few, three, four hours of sleep, then went out and we were out all night at uh, at the park. And in the morning, we saw an opportunity to help. Uh, and that and it really it was some of our junior soldiers that were they saw some gentlemen painting. I believe they were parks personnel. They were painting and they went over and just started helping out because uh, they you know they saw an opportunity to do something, some good, and they started painting as well as helping clean up the park. So those are interactions between National Guardsmen and do-gooders. Now, how about interaction between protesters? Yes, and, and the majority of the things that have been thrown were water bottles and milk bottles. So um, that is, it's an annoyance, but it's not, um, not something that's really dangerous. Some, though, there, there are some that have thrown other things that are more dangerous, like uh, glass bottles, uh, bricks and rocks and stuff like that. Wrapping up the conversation between Garner Mejia and Major Mangum, uh, the, major, the Major described the spirits of those out there. The military leadership, the, the, the D.C. Guard here, our state leadership, military leadership up and down, they're bending over backwards. Uh, they're working around the clock to make sure that we have what we need. So that, and then soldiers are just used to... Um, used to adapting to these kinds of things and when a new when a change comes up soldiers kind of laugh and shrug it off and say okay this is what we're doing now it's kind of it's the culture being able to adapt and make the best of your situation that's the culture being able to adapt and make the best of your situation if you're able write that down Write that down. That ought to be your culture. Be able to adapt and make the best of your situation. They were sent out there with a mission. And while there were certainly hiccups, 
so goes life. Sometimes you encounter uh, bumps in the road. And what great wisdom communicated there by the major in knowing that, you know what, there are some things, there are some politics swirling around us. At the end of the day, we still have a mission to complete. And so regardless of whether or not they're sleeping at the Marriott Marquis, if they're on a cot at the Armory, or if they have to drive miles and miles to find accommodation in uh, Virginia, uh, these 200 men and women who wear the uniform of the Utah Army National Guard, they're going to show up for muster and they will complete the mission assigned them. It's very wise. I was grateful to hear uh, his attitude there. Leave it to Mike Lee. Leave it to President Trump. Leave it to the mayor of D.C. to sort out their differences. It's good to know that there are those who have their eye on the prize and their eye on the mission and committed to mission completion. I mentioned Donald Trump. Let me share with you a tweet sent out not that long ago. It was drafted, of course, by President Donald Trump, and it was targeted at Mayor Bowser of Washington, D.C. He uses some pretty strong terms. He says the incompetent mayor of Washington, D.C., Mayor Bowser, whose budget is totally out of control and is constantly coming back to us for handouts, is now fighting with the National Guard, who saved her from great embarrassment over the last number of nights. If she doesn't treat these men and women well, then we'll bring in a different group of men and women. Interesting. Uh, that's up to you to interpret. We're going to take a break in just a moment. And when we come back, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, an interesting question posed by Boyd Matheson. In fact, he'll be my guest next on Live Mike. There are some conversations right now swirling about that are uncomfortable to have. I will admit that describing much of the goings-on around the country have been uncomfortable for me. I'll talk it out with Boyd Matheson next on Live Mike.